Welcome to Balancing Point Podcast, where you will experience the captivating world of professional ballet. On this show, you will hear what it takes to make it in the exclusive world. Each guest will share with you their struggles, their I've made it moments, and their advice for success. And ultimately, you will learn what it is really like to live your dream. Join your host, Kimberly Falker, and today's inspiring guests as they take you on a behind-the-scenes journey into ballet. So today I've got Gina Pirro, and she is going to be the newest host on the Premier Dance Network, and all of the other hosts that have come on have been interviewed by me in the past on Balancing Point, so I thought that it only seemed correct to make sure that I got Gina on the show before um, we launch her new her new show on the Premier Dance Network. So, hi Gina, how's it going? Hi, it's going well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. So Gina is coming from Las Vegas, Nevada, but I'm going to let her tell you guys a little bit more about her journey in dance. And um, then, of course, we're going to dive into all about her show and what it's going to do and how wonderful it's going to be. Yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm sitting like a little kid, you know, before Christmas right now, like, oh, the show's about to happen. I'm excited. <laughs> so... To share with your audience, I grew up in a very small town called Batavia, New York, and enrolled in dance at age four because I was looked at as shy, and I fell in love with the stage. And when I was seven or eight, there was an article in Dance, Ma uh, dance Spirit magazine from a young girl just outside my hometown that was actually uh, pursuing her dreams as a dancer. And that article really gave me a lot of hope and possibility that it was possible for a small town girl to, you know, make it in the big city or, you know, leave the small town to fulfill the dreams I had. So um, when I was younger, my dream really, I didn't really know if I really wanted to be a dancer. I just knew I loved it. I had such a passion for it. And then at age 12, being diagnosed with scoliosis and, you know, all of you listening, you can definitely read about that uh, somewhere else. But it was an obstacle that really led me into um, having dance be my freedom and medicine. So without it, it was like my, my life was incomplete. And so dance really became everything I looked forward to. And so I worked hard at it. I would practice in my cement driveway, even in even in the winters. My dad said I would I would take the shovel and shovel the the driveways and practice my solo or just practice my dancing because that was a space I had to do it. And it just kind of led me into this journey of I can do it. I know I can. And then I ended up going to college at the University of Buffalo and majored in dance and then received my BFA. And then from there, just really went on and danced professionally. I mean, I'm still dancing professionally, so it's still going. <laughs> Your background with dance, was it any specific, was it ballet or what, did you do more of the competition type of dance where you did a bunch of different styles? Mm -hmm. My training was infused with every genre of dance. I started with ballet at four and then it was uh, tap, and then it was jazz. And those three genres became my main genres, as well as I was a competitive gymnast growing up until age 11 is when I actually stopped doing competitive gymnastics. And I really went all in with dancing, but I still did acro. 
Okay. And um, it was in college that I was introduced to modern dance. Okay. And social dance. Um, also partnering. And then also, you know, choreography and teaching as well. Once you graduated, what were your next steps in the journey with dance? I had been able to get to Las Vegas because I was assisting. I used to assist my dance teacher, Miss Lisa. And amongst the traveling with her, I was able to meet all of these choreographers and teachers. And when we were in Las Vegas, I was assisting her. And we went and saw this show on the Strip. And it was called Storm. And my my vision expanded and opened up. It was like I saw exactly what I wanted. So I asked my parents if they would, you know, can you fly me to audition? I was a senior in college and they, they did. And I flew to Vegas and auditioned for this amazing show and I made the call back. So I had to fly back and, you know, take, you know, take my call back. And when I was about to graduate, I said, oh, I'm going to call the casting director. So I did. And I just said, Hey, I'm graduating college. Do you, are you going to hire me? You know, <laughs> and the casting director uh, said, wow, Gina, thanks for calling you're actually next on our list. Uh, right now we have hired a girl. And I said, awesome. That's all I needed to know. Thank you so much. And I moved to Las Vegas. A friend of mine from a, my dancing school had lived here. She had a home with her husband and she offered her place. So right out of college, things just started to, I say, live and flow where it was like I auditioned. I, I did well. That was my confidence booster making it to the end of the callback. I'm like, okay, I got what it takes. And then I came to Vegas. The show ended up closing oh, two no. weeks later, Kimberly. Oh, geez, seriously. <laughs> I seriously, uh, yes, this is a serious story. And I thought, okay, well I'm here and I have $1,500 in my bank account and a pair of Leducas. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm staying and I'm going to get a dance job. And I sure did. A couple weeks later, I auditioned for another show and I made it. And I said, this is my start. I, ha you know, I have to start somewhere. I have to start getting myself involved in the business. And this was it. And I ended up working with an entire cast from that particular show. Oh, wow. What did you <laughs> do with them? Um, it, was a it was a show called Airplay. Okay. And it was in the middle of a casino and we did every genre of dance and we did little vignettes um, throughout the the day. We had about four, I think we had four shows a day and it, it was like, they were like little half hour shows and we had acrobats and flyers and different little acts and it. So which, which casino, like, so you're right in the middle of like the crowd so, yep, we were in the middle of the crowd. They built the stage in the middle of the casino, and then they built an actual track for the flyers to fly above the people. And it was at the Tropicana Hotel at the time. Uh-huh. And that was my first experience and job where I met some of the people I still am in touch with and contact with. And that led me to every other avenue Wow. Possible. So if you hadn't have taken that, or if you hadn't, have flown there and just taken the risk, then the rest of it wouldn't have fallen into place like it did. Absolutely. I mean, this was the first step that I needed in my life to get in, learn, grow, 
understand the business of dance because at that point you're an entrepreneur. And right. I will say something about Las Vegas that is amazing. It taught me how to be an entrepreneur. And so, you know, to all the dancers out there, you you become the CEO of your business as soon as you're trying to <laughs> force <understand>. to. <laughs> you are the CEO, and I and I see a lot of a lot of that. Um, what do I want to say? I see a lot of uh, young dancers auditioning, and and they don't understand. You know, hey, what? Why am I not doing well? I'm like, well, do you have business skills? You know, are you? Do you know you're the CEO? And it becomes a a big part of what what happens next because it's one thing to have talent, but the other thing was is I didn't know I had to negotiate and you know kind of sell my product and submit and read contracts and submit. interpret them <laughs> exactly negotiate read your contracts know what you're getting paid stand up for yourself when you're not being treated fairly and I had amazing people to work with here that would that taught me so as soon as I booked my first gig they call it you know a job like an industrial and um, I had this gentleman, you know, say, you know, Gina, you're in seven numbers. You're now singing. You need more money. And I said, no, I, I'm fine. I just want to dance. I don't care. <laughs> and he said, no, I'm telling you, this is your business. And I'm watching out for you. You just moved here. You're 22 years old. You have to start learning how to stand up for yourself now because this is going to be your career. Mm -hmm. And that was a big lesson right away at 22 years old. So in that, in that show, what, what you were doing, you said you were singing, what other things were you doing with that show? Um, that was a, an industrial. I was, I was singing and dancing. It was a, like a weekend event, but in the show we just did, like I said, um, every genre of dance. It was jazz. We had a jazz number. We had a Latin number. We had a musical theater number. We had a little country number. <laughs> we had um, like a hip hop number. So then what happened from there? So from there, I ended up auditioning um, for other things, cruise ships and things like that. And I was getting hired, but I realized, you know, Gina Pirro likes experiences and likes to have a lot of experiences. <laughs> so contracts never really suited me. I never wanted to sign more than a three-month contract or it just at the time when I was 22, I wanted everything at once. So I ended up getting noticed at a commercial and I started to get into commercial work. I got into modeling and all of these things I didn't know I could do. And so I was doing modeling gigs. I was doing commercials and I was flying to LA actually every Sunday to do a TV pilot that wow. I was introduced to a producer. And so they were flying me to LA. And then at the same time, I was dancing. I had this show called Airplay. And that was kind of my, my gig every week. And my director was so kind to me. Um, he always said, Gina, because of your work ethic, whenever you leave town and come back, you always have a job here. Wow. And I ended up being there, I think, for a good three, four years, like inconsistently. Like I would leave to go to Japan for a show. I would leave to go to China for a show. I would, you know, fly home to see my family or I would do this or do that. And, and every time I came back, I would call him and, you know, say, hey, I'm back in town. He said, great, let's put you back in. And wow. that was an amazing uh, thing for me to learn, you know, who I am and where I came from. 
matters so much too. you know, especially when you said you were shy and you know, you had your own stuff that you didn't think that you would be able to overcome. And now you're doing what you were doing all by yourself. I mean, that's another thing because a lot of people join companies and then they're part of a system that helps them a lot. And you're just independent doing it on your own. Yeah, I learned as I go. I learned as I went and I did have a great support system and my parents supported me. I also met really great people when I when I flew kind of to Vegas, but I will tell you assisting my dance teacher every summer and getting to know these choreographers and teachers were a big big reason why I became a little bit more comfortable mm. with auditions and knowing people but my parents taught me people skills i mean my parents taught me thank you you're welcome you know right. send a follow you know <laughs> send a follow up email um gina you know you're held accountable for everything you do if you don't want to do something it's up to you to to let somebody know and you know i really grew up with these um people skills and family skills that actually were a lot of the reason why people wanted to work with me and call me and continue to hire me again. Mm-hmm. And and just, re- they respected me. I was very well respected as soon as I, I got into the industry. So going back to what you said, because it kind of um, resonates with me, you know, when I started my podcast almost three years ago, I was kind of trying to uncover the secret sauce bet- behind what makes people in the dance world successful. Um, I've obviously focused primarily on ballet, but, um, and across the board, I, I, I was always wondering, like, you know, you have talent, you have training, you have all of it, but why, why them and not somebody else? And two things always came up. One was sometimes it just happened to be the, you know, that the, their hard work, um, was met with an opportunity and they were prepared for that opportunity. So it was kind of like that they were in the right place at the right time. But then more than that, I'm hearing or I've heard over the years that it is exactly what you said a few minutes ago, uh, a work ethic. Mm-hmm. But what, in your opinion, what is that? And what, you know, because I think that that term is thrown around and I say it to my kids even, but I don't even know if they understand what I mean by that. You know, like what, in in your opinion, what is that work ethic that makes the difference or what is the definition to you of what a strong or valuable work ethic is? Mm -hmm. I can only share what my experience is in my own, um, you know, it, from my own experiences, what work ethic is for me. And and work ethic is, number one, knowing and following what your passion is. Oh, that's a good one. That is number one. Because when you are following your passion and when you know that you're waking up every day doing what ignites you, mm-hmm. the the work ethic word becomes passion work ethic no longer exists for me and now I'm following my passion and I will do and be whoever it is you know I will be authentic for who I am but I will I'm going to get up and I'm going to go after it so so this this word called work ethic it's like I wasn't even really working I was just doing what I know I wanted to do because I wanted to pursue this passion that God instilled in my heart and and what that would mean now in, in you know, 
I guess, layman terms, right? Is okay, what, 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 what do you do? <laughs> well, I wake up and I, I am constantly thinking about dance. I'm constantly thinking about being on stage. My vision is constantly playing in my mind of what it would be like to make it or what it would be like to dance. My mm-hmm. heart, my heart just beaming with light at every audition, whether I make it or not, I leave and I'm like, wow, this is so amazing and wonderful. Like I never really felt rejected because I, I loved it. But what about the definition or, or trying to teach a young dancer, you know, 13, 14, 15, you know, into high school, the fact that their work ethic will make the difference in their potential opportunities and their choices in the future. But how, how would you describe what they should do? You know, these are Uh kids that are, you know, going home and doing chores and going to school and doing homework and, and trying to still fulfill our dream of a dream. But um, what I see from the outside looking in is that it's a day-to-day behaviors that kind of matter. But, you know, if, if it doesn't come naturally to a kid, you know, if they're not, organized or they're not um, good time managers or they're not always, you know, in their teenage angst years, they're not always positive thinkers. They're not always believing in their dream or believing in themselves. I, I feel like there's a fundamental, you know, place that they could go that would be that the work ethic. But I don't know exactly what that definition would be since I didn't pursue professional dance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know that work ethic is instilled by the structure that kids are given when they're young. And I know, I know this a, because the brain and nervous system is my, I'm, I'm, I'm a geek when it comes to that. I study it all the time and I, I understand how the brain and nervous system works to know that how and what we do from age zero to seven really creates the rest of our path Mm -hmm. because that's what creates our behavior patterns our habitual patterns, what we do every day, what we think about. And so I always let kids know, or parents particularly, what kind of structure does your child have right now? You know, what is what is the structure they have? And are they being productive every week? Because then that, that work ethic or that discipline or that structure or that routine or that regimen will then carry them as they get older into the same thing. And as they're building a foundation, I mean, I built my dance foundation from age four to through college. Once I built that foundation, I was ready to fly. I mean, I was ready to go. My foundation was built. My structure was there. You know, the training for me was still there, but it wasn't number one anymore. It was like, let's work, you know, let's audition. So You know, my schedule was, you know, get up every morning at seven, you know, five days a week, up at seven at school, school till three. I'm either at cheerleading after school or National Honor Society, or I'm practicing for the the theatrical production, or I'm going to dance or gymnastics until, you know, five or six or even sometimes nine o'clock. And then I'm I'm home, I'm doing my homework, I'm going to bed, I'm waking up again. And and the routine of, of my life as a child created the discipline work ethic. All right. So if if, if as a parent you've messed up <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that four okay. to seven years I can't go back on or another parent can't on yeah. or you know what I mean? Like that's the tricky one. I agree. I think it makes total sense. And, you know, all of us are 
struggling along the way and you know I'm including myself just because I'm assuming that I've messed up pretty badly somehow (laughs) (laughs) I've got two teenagers so it feels like I've I've messed up every day because these are the tough years but um you know I think that I think that makes total sense but you know it's like okay what if along the way it wasn't the structure wasn't set correctly or you know but yet the the passion is there you know it's one of those things where um Passion moves with work ethic. And in every single one of us, there is something that lights us up, even even if it's pizza, even if it's, oh my gosh, I love watching my brother play sports, even if it's, oh, I love when my mom takes me shopping. If there was no structure, okay, growing up and you know, here's your 14-year-old young girl and she decides, hey, I want to become a a dancer and maybe her work ethic isn't maybe what we think it should be, right? Because we constantly are throwing shoulds, woulds, and coulds at, you know, (laughs) at everybody and it totally defeats everyone. So I always tell people, delete those words. You know, if you find yourself saying should, would, or could, delete. And um, so, so the best thing to do is really pull out of your child what lights them up. And once they know what lights them up and they will work for it because when you love something, you, you, you really truly just go for it. And everyone has that inside of them. Like there's no one that, you know, I don't know. I don't have a passion. No, because we have emotion and that's energy in motion and we all have it. And that gift that we have, that emotion, <laughs> that energy lets us know what we like and what we don't like. So at some point in time, you became a rocket. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was uh, 2007. I moved to New York City from Las Vegas. And I. And why why'd you do that? I woke up one day and I look, I just in my heart felt it's time to go. I did everything I could um, here in Las Vegas, and I just felt it was time to go to New York. I mean, just something was ready. And I knew that if I never went to New York, I knew I would regret it. I already knew. Right. That makes sense. That it... It was something in you that you wanted to do. Yeah. I knew. So I just... You know, so you didn't have a job when you went there. Oh yeah. So here's I woke up. <laughs> I woke up one day and I said, I'm, "I'm I'm my soul is is missing dance. My soul is starving. You know, my soul is starving." And what had you been doing at the time? I had just actually finished co-directing a show for Cirque du Soleil, a um, a runway fashion show that I was hired to come in as a freelance artist. And it was an event. So it was like a, I think it was a month, month and a half project that they hired me for. And it was amazing. It opened my whole life up um, to this day. It was one of the best projects I had ever done. And after that, I thought, my soul is yearning to dance and move again. And what better place to go than New York? So I called my friend Jason and I said, hey, um, can I come stay with you? I'm, I want to come to New York. Of course, I'm so happy you're finally coming, he says, because he always was in- inspiring me or, you know, motivating me to get to New York. So I went and I said, I just want to get here and learn about it. And there was an agency audition. 
And I thought, wow, coincidentally, here we go. I'm going. So I walk in. There's like seven, eight hundred people at this agency audition. And, it and what's an agency audition? What's that mean? An agency audition is um, in New York and L.A. They have agents that represent you. So, you know, a couple names are like MSA or Clear Talent Group. And when you get an agent in L.A. or New York, they actually get you into auditions. Oh, okay. And it. Is it a necessity? No. But is it a plus? It can be. Absolutely. I don't feel like there's, you know, any right or wrong with that. But I do feel that for me at the time, having an agent was what was next. Had you had one before? In Las Vegas, they have booking agents here. So the the thing about Las Vegas is you can freelance, which means you can do industrials and gigs and make a living doing that. You can be a convention model. I mean, Las Vegas back in 2002 was just slammed with opportunities for artists. And now it's it's not so much slammed, but you can still make a, a really good living here doing what you love and performing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here there's booking agents. And what that means is they call you if there's a job. Okay. So I had, I mean, eight to nine booking agents when I was in Las Vegas, and I would call them every Monday and submit every Monday and say, hey, any work this week? And, oh, yeah, Gina, we have a modeling gig here. We have a dance gig here. Hey, we want to hire you for this here. I was booked every week nonstop. I mean, I was a freelance artist. I survived and thrived by, by doing different jobs every week in the industry which was super fun for me because like I say, I like a lot of have like I get bored. So I love all of these things that are happening every week that are different. So when in New York and LA, they have agents and they represent you. They don't book you work. They represent you. And when you're represented, you don't have to wait in line for auditions. You can get some feedback. Oh, that's nice. You're able to, you know, find out, you know, what kind of talent you have and and what you're going to be submitted for. And they also sometimes help you get your, you know, stuff together, your pictures, your video, you know, they really help you get your materials to submit because your materials are a big part of who you are as a dancer, your headshot, your resume, your reel, your, your materials. It's again, it's a business. And so I decided if this agency calls me and 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 brings me into their agency, I'm going. Mm. And sure enough, four days later, I landed in Vegas, got a phone call. Hey, Gina, we want to take you. You're one of 15 people we're taking into the agency. Nice. And I said, great, I'll be there in two weeks. <laughs> and you're like, okay. And I, Move. <laughs> I committed. So I, I got home that day and I thought, wow, I'm moving to New York. And I threw everything in storage. I just had moved into a brand new apartment, brand new furniture. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, this amazing apartment in Las Vegas. And I sent my furniture back and I put everything in storage and I, even my car, and I took two suitcases and I got on a plane and I said, I'm finally doing this. I'm going oh, to New York awesome. and I don't know what to expect. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I'm supposed to be there. And then, sure enough, it was a year, not even a year later, I auditioned for the Rockettes my first time, and I made it. Had you ever thought of that? I I never thought about the Rockettes, but there were people along my path that said, you would be a great Rockette. You would be a great Rockette. You would be a great Rockette. When I moved to New York, I had met 
this beautiful dancer and she became a very good friend of mine. I went and saw the show. It was the 75th anniversary. And I, I said, wow, I want to do this. And I, then I auditioned. And I made it. So what was it like? I've always wondered what that world would be like. Ooh, that world. So it is, it is a whole um, entity on its own. Every year for me was different. And I toured with the Rockettes. So my very first year, I was dancing in my hometown. Oh, fun. That was still to this day, one of the best experiences of my life because everyone I knew was able to come see me fulfill my dream live. Wow, that's so cool. Coming from a small town, I mean, I had so much support and opening night, I had about 60 people in the audience just cheering me on, my entire family. It was, and family is my core value. So for me, I mean, I remember crying, you know, before stage and I always pray before I dance. So I was like, you know, thank you God for this opportunity. Like the curtain's going to open and I'm about to perform for my entire family. It was life-changing for all of us. So my first year was that. My second year, I toured and I got injured. So my second year was, you know, half on stage as a rocket and then half going through an injury. I had a spinal and brain injury. I was knocked out backstage and I had an unconscious concussion. How'd that happen? There was a, a young girl fooling around backstage and she jumped up in the air with her fist and ended up catching me under the chin and uppercut. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Totally random. Random. And uh, I like to say God knocked me out because, uh, <laughs> yeah, book coming soon. God knocked me out. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> It's, uh, the story will will be out there soon. However, uh, it was a random, random thing, Kimberly, and it really started to transform my life because in a nutshell, the lesson was, you know, I was hiding or kind of I got obsessed with fame and fortune and being a rocket and my identity shifted and I lost kind of who Gina Pira was mm. and I became Gina the Rocket. And so that knockout was, you know, God's way of teaching me, like, you're more than this. And I want you to remember who you are because the world needs you and you need you. And then my third season, I actually used my third season to do some research and data. And I hired a heart muscle doctor and also a health coach. And I did these heart muscle exercises along my performance regimen and also changed the way that I, I was eating and just to see kind of what would happen to my body and my mind and my soul as well as my performance. And it was life-changing. I mean, just knowing what I know now about the heart muscle and stamina and endurance and then also knowing what I know now about food and the importance of that as you're performing 17 shows a week, four shows a day, 300 kicks, 1,200 kicks, um, you know, everything has to be perfect when you're in that kind of environment and you're trying to perform at your highest level. What can you do to not deplete yourself and not lose sense of yourself. So my third season was research and data and it, that changed my life as well. Wow. So was the research and data, like, did you have to get any sort of approval through the Rockette organization? Mm -mm. I just did it. I just used me as the guinea pig. 
<laughs> and I did it on my own. And I weighed in the same I weighed out, which taught me I was I had a healthy season. I had no injuries. I could get through four shows a day without a problem. I ended up getting through 12-minute numbers with energy and stamina at the end. No cramping, no dehydration, um, clear mind. My, emo- my emotional stability during a show like that was completely even. And I was I just committed. I committed to it. So my performance level that year was healthy and at a peak level. And I, I highly suggest I maybe I share those things someday with with the dance world because it honestly um changed my life uh, you know it really did but it is so important if you want to feel good and you want to perform at such a at a high level I mean most performers they function at a high level you know they they want to do great they want to do well they want to be the best they're competitive they're they're aggressive you know you get on stage the lights take you somewhere that the lights, the music, the audience, it just takes your body somewhere. So, you know, you're overextending your body already. So what you do off stage is going to be more important than what you do on stage to be able to be on stage and give everything you have. So you were with them for three seasons? Three total? seasons, three seasons total, 2008, 9, 10, 2011, I didn't get hired. Okay. And that was Okay. I mean, it wasn't okay the first few days, but no, it but yeah. was it was okay um, because then again, another opportunity just kind of sailed into my life and it was what I needed and it was a dream that wanted me because I'm always telling people, you know, now that I'm, you know, I'm in my mid thirties, it's I where I'm at now in my life. And again, you know, we can bridge into, you know, my show is I, I believe there's dreams that we have and I believe that there's dreams that want us. Right. And I know that the dreams I wanted, I think, all came true, but I didn't really know when I was younger, what is my dream? I knew I loved to dance, but I didn't really have a goal, like a specific show. I mean, did I see some things that opened my vision up and I said I wanted that? Absolutely. But I really um, lived in the experience of life in the moment of life to say, wow, this feels really good right now. Wow. That director I really like, wow, this, this is cool. Um, but what I realize is there's also the dreams that want us. And when those opportunities come and they might not look like this picture that we had in our mind, Mm -hmm. those are the bigger dreams that are kind of coming to our door saying, Hey, check me out because there's something in this for you. Right. And and believe it or not, if you can just open this door, the dream that you actually really want in your heart that you can't see is right here. That makes sense. So where'd you go next? I moved to Italy. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, I had a, a teacher who moved there. And we, it was the Saturday after I didn't get the, the show. She was absolutely, she was in New York just by chance and she called me and said, hey, I'd love to take you to lunch. We went for lunch and she said, you know, I remember a few years ago I asked you to come teach at my studio in Italy. The offer is still on the table anytime you want to come. And something in my soul said, you know, this is the time, Gina. You know, this is why you didn't get the Rockettes. And I'm very in tune with my soul and and my intuition and mm-hmm. and, and my knowingness. I I have been since I was a young, a young girl. And so when I heard that message, I thought, I get it. 
And that was a quick turnaround too. I mean, as soon as she said those words, my soul said, this is it. I actually went home and started packing up my stuff, knowing that I was finishing two certifications at the time. So this was 2011, Simonson uh, Technique, Dance Technique Certification, and then my coaching certification. They were finishing actually at the, I was graduating from both in the same time. And this opportunity came in. So it was perfect. And my cousin needed a, a place to live in New York. So they took a <laughs> You had that. <laughs> Everything was in flow. See, it was in flow again. Out out of my apartment. Here come the driving trucks. Okay, stuff's moving home. I'm taking two suitcases to Italy. Hey, mom and dad, I'm going to Italy. <laughs> You're getting good at the two suitcase rule. <laughs> yeah. And I just, and, and a month later, I, I, I left and got on a plane to Italy and thought, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know I'm supposed to be here. That's and awesome. sure enough, it was, again, a transformational experience where I thought I was going to teach, but really, I, I was there and I was able to remember who I was, 100%. Just who is Gina? What does Gina want? What makes Gina happy? And believe it or not, it was so simple, like the sun, the flower, the smell of the flowers, you know, the the people there, um, family value, sitting down and, and sharing conversation, all of these things that I I didn't forget about, but because I, my life was so busy as a dancer. There's not enough space to really think sometimes. Nope. Or, or really remember. Or, or, or remember, you're right. Just remember. So Italy for me was this beautiful remembrance of me. Well, it's like I've, I've, in my lifetime, and I even tell my kids, sometimes the best way to kind of figure things out is to take a step outside of yourself to look back in and see where you fit in again, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's nice you can do it in some place lovely like Italy. <laughs> uh, it was such a gift. I mean, just... How long were you there? Teaching. I ended up staying for eight months, and it was spectacular. And then from there, did you go back to Vegas? After Italy, I... Oh, after Italy, I went home, actually, and stayed back with my parents for about six months. I didn't really know what I wanted after that because my life had changed so drastically. After living there, I thought, well, I don't want to dance anymore. Or do I want to dance? I love teaching. I love coaching. I had started my own business and I was coaching individual individuals on self-confidence and self-love at the time. And um, I just came home. And the most important thing to me after Italy was I want better relationship with my family. That actually was all I knew was I want to have a really solid, concrete relationship with my mom and my dad and and my brothers. And I had already been gone for 12 years, you know, from home. And I thought maybe this is it. But I went through actually after Italy, I kind of came, came, I crashed. I kind of got depressed because after living in this space of it's not even fantasy because it is a reality for people. They live there. I was living in Sardinia. I mean that, but for me, it was, it, it brought me into this whole new level of life. So when I came back to the States, it really hit me hard. And because I wasn't clear on what I wanted next, it, it definitely kind of put me in this dark space, I would say. And then I ended up going out to LA for this coaching conference to learn more about coaching and like-minded people and helping others and serving others. And that kind of sparked something in me. And this woman, uh, this uh, amazing, amazing uh, speaker and mentor coach, 
she was coming to Vegas and I wanted to work with her. So using my negotiation skills that I learned when I was 22, uh, (laughs) I went up to her and I said, hey, I want to work with you. And at the time she was like, okay, well, this is my price. And I mean, the price was, you know, more money than I had ever really had in my bank account. So I thought, well, how can I serve you? You know, and she's like, well, I have my show in Vegas next week. And I said, well, I have dancers in Vegas. She goes, oh, well, would you do an opening number for me? I said, yeah, well, can I come to your conference and and get all my, you know, dancers a ticket and work with you? And she said, let's do it. So at the time, I didn't have dancers, by the way. <laughs> I had friends. But you knew you could find them. <laughs> I had friends. Uh, who like to dance. <laughs> yeah, who, who I knew I could, you know, I'm very quick. Like I knew I could put an opening number together, get costumes right. space, put choreography together. Sure enough, I did. So I, I flew to Vegas on a Monday. I said, you know, called some of my friends and I said, hey, can you do this? Do this opening number. It's going to be a great coaching, you know, week. And um, when I got back to Vegas and I was in in this space again, in the industry again of creativity and performance and costumes and makeup and whatever, I thought I'm supposed to be back in Vegas. Now, if I rewind about four months before that, my dad and I were starting to build our own like dance fitness studio. Mm. So I come back from Italy. I'm working on, I want a better relationship with my family. Um, it was already great relationship. I just wanted it deeper. I wanted it more connective. You know, I missed them. And my dad, you know, we have this, you know, building and my dad's, you know, I said, dad, I don't know what I'm going to do, but let's, I don't know, let's do something. You know, and a friend of mine actually from my hometown, we were going to do it together. So we just kind of started creating this, building this like dance slash fitness studio. And I was having a lot of fun with it. But after I was in California and, you know, came to Vegas again, I said to my dad, I I know my soul is telling me to be there again. And he said, then that's what you got to do. So, you know, no time is a waste of time. No. When you're in the moment like that, you're learning something. So, You know, I always tell people, if you don't love dance, then what do you love? And follow that. And dance will come back if it's supposed to. However, there's a different step that you're supposed to be taking right now because your passion really is kind of your inner, your inner GPS is is what ignites you. It's what lights you up. Mm -hmm. And what lights you up is there's so much in there that I think people forget about. And I know it's scary sometimes to follow that, you know, ignition, you know, follow what lights you up because they can't see the other side of it. They can't see maybe the financial component, which is always a barrier in a lot of people's ways, or they just don't know anyone who's doing what they love. So they think it's not possible for them. Right. And so it, you know, again, which is why I'm, I'm really wanting excited about my show because I want to bring stories on my show that can guide listeners to know that someone is living what you want to do in some sort of way mm-hmm. and here's their story so you have something tangible that you can listen to and hear about that can give you the possibility to say I can do this so you're in Vegas now um, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and, and start you know kind of diving into your your show and what's coming up with it and what the concept and your thoughts because you and I have talked about it but I really want um, others to kind of hear the why behind starting a podcast and you know what your vision is with it and your mission is with it 
again, I'm going to go back to the, the dream that wanted me, which was, you know, you and I were introduced by our friend Steve and, and what a God gift that was. And we had this inspiring, you know, conversation, you and I, and, and I thought, wow, I'm, this can be such a, a a possibility to have like my own show. Whoa, this is, this is interesting. And as I started to get creative and digest the process of having a podcast show, I just started to pray about it mm-hmm. and kind of ask God to show me, okay, what is this about? What, you know, what's the message? You know, what does the world need? How can I serve? You know, for me, it's always about serving. And as you and I were contacted, you know, I have a full-time coaching business and I, I coach individuals who are high performers, high achievers to help them manage, um, you know, their life. I'm almost like a life choreographer Mm -hmm. and, and I'm, I'm empowering other individuals to love and accept who they are and see and accept who they are. So they are able to you know, really live in the essence of who they are. And that at first was, you know, oh, I want to do this. And it is part of it. Um, But when I really started to dive into the show, I realized that I love stories and I love vision. And vision is the reason why I have been able to be successful because I always had a vision in my mind of something. And if I didn't have the vision in my mind, I would go and I would experience it. Like as soon as I saw the rocket show, I knew what I wanted. And I think vision is a big component as to what people need to be and do what they are here to do. So this, my vision for the podcast started to become serving the world on a on, on making a big impact by sharing stories of where people started how they got to where they got and sharing a tool or a quick little exercise that people could add into their daily life that can help them start to follow that passion and then as it started to get further I kept hearing the message from people, Gina, you just live so fully, like you live full out. I mean, you are someone who just goes for things by the seat of her pants and, Mm -hmm. you know, you're all in. Like, we never have to worry if Gina Pirro is going to show up because you are (laughs) all in, you know, and I am. I'm always all in. I mean, I was taught that, you know, at a young age, like when you're going for something, go for it. And if you fall, okay, you get back up. You got a little bruise on your knee. Mm -hmm. Who cares? So then I thought, oh, living life full out. Well, that's what it became. It became, you know, the Gina Pirro show, living life full out. And full out is a dance term. When you want your your students or when someone wants you to, you know, go for it, it was like, all right, this one's full out. Mm -hmm. And as a rocket, it's always full out. I mean, you're never marking it. You know, they right. don't allow you to do that. So you can't because you're holding on to others. <laughs> yeah. So so what's interesting, it's like, oh, there was no marking and it, it knew everything is full out. And wow, it's possible. We can live fully every single day if we have the tools, the discipline, going back to that work ethic word, you know, or passion, we can do it. It just takes maybe a little bit of a different order of choreography throughout your day 
to be able to live fully in who you are because it's different for everybody. So every Monday, I'm going to share a story and it will be from either, you know, someone who has, you know, helped me along my path or it may be a performing artist. Um, I've already interviewed some amazing, you know, Cirque du Soleil artists and teachers, you know, really high performers who to me are living a life full out from the inside out. So who they are on the inside is the same as who they are outside. Or another way to say it is they are living who they are on and off the stage. And that is something really important that whether we're on or off the stage, we are still living authentically. So everyone coming on my show is, you know, is that or is becoming that because I'm also going to be interviewing young teenagers as well. So every Monday, everybody gets a story and that story is infused with, you know, where, where people came from, how they got to where they got, like I said, and then what is living life full out mean to them and what is a tool that other people could take with them every Wednesday, I'm going to offer teachable moments from that particular conversation. So I will just reiterate the key components, the teachable moments of, you know, here's what that interview brought and here's what you can take away with it. And then every Friday, I'm going to take three or four questions from people either directed towards me or directed towards the person that I'm uh, interviewing on Monday and answer questions for the audience. And then I would like to do even um, some coaching on my podcast. So I may invite somebody on and Friday, maybe three or four questions. And then also if no questions come through, I thought, well, I'll do a, you know, 20 minute coaching for people so people can understand what coaching is and what it's like and have an opportunity to listen to somebody maybe breaking through a barrier or celebrating success or something like that. That's just sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I, well, I am too. And I really think that it's going to be greatly valuable. I mean, your, your history and your journey and your perspective is just so rich, but I think you've also got such a, like you've said, such an instinctual insight into, um, how to listen to your gut or your, 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 your instincts, I guess, and, you know, trust them and believe in yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what's lacking in so many, um, aspiring dancers and in all genres, you know, how, or even shoot in every, (laughs) in every career path. I think that, you know, it's those that are just trying to figure out their path and, um, live life full out Mm -hmm. and trust in, in yourself. And it's a, it's a hard thing to do that when you're, you're getting feedback that maybe isn't consistent with what you believe of yourself Mm -hmm. or, you are too busy comparing yourself to others and you're not really paying attention to what makes your heart sing the most, you know, and, or following a path that, you know, you think you should be on. It's, it's, it's tricky. And I, I'm right in the, right in the midst of watching it happen all around me, you know, with, with all the, with my daughter and her peers and everybody that, that I see now, it's really fascinating at her age to see, um, to see some kids just figuring it out quicker than others, you know, and and it's kind of that saying that, you know, that the flowers bloom at different times, you know, and I think that that's a tricky one because when they see their friends figure it out and then they know that they're on the right path and they don't feel like they are, you know, I think that it's, it's a hard one to, to navigate for sure. And I think that you're going to have a huge impact on that. 
I hope so. And I, I know that, you know, God instilled this message in me. And I think to share, you know, my own obstacles and also to use my voice to empower, especially teenagers, um, you know, empower them with story and empower them with, you know, positive verbiage and empower them with a sense of, you know, self-love. You know, I know that everyone always hears, you know, well, believe in yourself, believe in yourself. And in order to do that, you must know who you're listening to and what and what you're watching. What are you downloading, you know, into your daily life? And even if it's one person that you know who loves and accepts you for who you are, who will be truthful with you and tell you the things you don't want to hear, that's the person you should always keep going to versus everybody else. And I always tell young students, if you want to be a rocket, talk to a rocket. Don't don't ask or talk to somebody who hasn't done what you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. If you want to be positive, talk to someone who's positive. You know, and I and I think th- that that those are really important things that became important for me as a child. I was always doing something, so my distractions were were small. And I had, you know, my parents they they instilled a sense of discipline in me that and accountability in me that made me have to take action on what I wanted in order to get it. And that was they did such a great job with that. However, I had little angels along the way that helped me believe more in who I was and how they did that Mm -hmm. was they helped me get to know me. Well, that's awesome. And I really, really look forward to the launch. And before we uh, close, I do want to ask if uh, listeners want to send you a question or become a part of the, the dialogue, how do they find you or where do they send their questions? They can go to my website at www.ginapiro.com and there will be a Ask Gina button right on my homepage that they can click on and they can type it in or they can actually speak it in. And that's where they can find out all about me, who I am, my story. They can see pictures of me dancing and modeling. And they can also um, read a little bit about what I do as a coach. And also my podcast, there'll be a a, um, a button also for my podcast. So they can click on that and, you know, listen to all of the shows as well as um, I think they can subscribe on iTunes. But I know there'll be a there'll be a podcast button. Well, they can also um, go to the Premier Dance Network and subscribe through there, too. So for sure, between the two, um, they can listen and send the questions through your website. So I really look forward to it. And it will be launching uh, June, what is it, 20? No, 21st. Yep, June 21st. So super exciting. And I just look forward to the world hearing you and learning from you. And thank you for being a part of my network. Well, thank you. I want to, you know, thank you, Kimberly, for inviting me and, you know, believing in in the work that I do. Because, again, it takes that one person to see you and hear you and say, hey, I think you have a message. And I think that 
you, you know, this is something that, you know, we can do together. And that's what you did for me. You said, hey, I think here's what I do and, and here's what you do. How can we work together on this? So, you know, I love I love that that communion, that exchange, that teamwork that that we have had to be able to, you know, together move in a direction to empower other performing artists. I think so. And I think that the world needs to hear it and receive your help. <laughs> I could have used it a couple years ago. I could still use it now, but <laughs> yes. Well, we all we all we all need it. You know, we all need empowerment. We all need each other. You know, we all need more love and and more faith and because it it does it keeps us going, but together as we create, you know, this this community and you have created such a great community already on your network. It we together can can really shift, you know, the world on a on a bigger bigger scale that's right well on that note everybody take a listen to gina Pirro's show next week and if you're hearing this later then just head over to itunes or premierdancenetwork.com or ginapiro.com and find her show and live life full out <laughs>